Welcome to episode 144 of Telepractice Today with Kim Dutro-Allen and Dr. Todd Houston. Hey, welcome back to another episode. Um, with holiday breaks and stuff, I haven't done a whole lot of therapy in the past week, which has been nice. So instead of a resource of the week, I kind of have a tip of the week. And that is to make sure that you have some good contacts with the school that you're working with and to be flexible. In the past like month, I've had snow days. I've had um, days where it was so far below zero at the school that I worked at that they had to, to do a late start. Just today, I had an internet outage and a fire drill at one school. <laughs> so it's always important to have a really good like working relationship and way to contact whoever is at your school. Um, make sure that you have their cell phone number. Texting is usually the easiest way to get a hold of people. I've done that like during sessions, like I need someone in the room physically, this kid's having a meltdown. So making sure that however you can, that you're opening those lines of communication and being flexible with your schools and knowing um, what's going on there. And so did they tell you about the fire drill? They did. Usually I don't find out until it actually goes off, (laughs) (laughs) which is always interesting. But they did, just not in time to like reschedule or do anything about it. (laughs) But I at least knew it was coming. (laughs) Well, that's good because, you know, you you being the speech path through telepractice, you know, you're not there physically. So, you know. Giving them sort of a reminder that when they have these big school events to let you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you do just have to like, I've done other things like I follow all of my schools that I'm at. Mm -hmm. I follow them on Facebook and any other. If they have, um, you know, like an email list that goes out for announcements for parents, maybe ask if you can get on that list, just doing anything. And then I think the times when I am like, now you guys have a late start. Is that going to impact my schedule? Mm-hmm. Sometimes they don't think about me because <laughs> I'm not right. physically there until I say something. So you kind of sometimes have to be the bug in their ear to me, like, be like, remember, I exist. <laughs> you got to tell me about this stuff. <laughs> I'm here. Yep. <laughs> I'm the person on the computer. Let me know. Well, uh, speaking of computers and and technology, we have Joan Green on today. And uh, those of you uh, may know of her from Innovative Speech Therapy and some of the work that she's been doing with technology, uh, doing work with uh, elderly patients and, and not really patients, but just anyone really that has a technological or technology need. Um, she's uh, got some really great ideas about how to use technology and how to enhance what we're doing. So it's great to have her on. Hi, are you creative? Do you want to give a webinar or teach a course? Maybe you're a writer. Do you want to create a blog? Maybe you have an idea for a podcast. Whatever your passion is, we at 3C Digital Media Network want you to be a content creator so we can bring your ideas to life. So, to get started, visit our website at 3cdigitalmedianetwork.com and sign up to be a content creator. 
We look forward to seeing your passions come to life on our platform. So, Joan, welcome to the podcast. If you don't mind, can you share more about your background? Sure. Thanks so much for having me. Um, So my background is I'm originally from Buffalo, and I I went to undergrad and graduate school at Northwestern University in Chicago. I started out wanting to be a pediatrician and got that C in organic chemistry (laughs) and thought thought that whatever Mm -hmm. I wanted to do, I wanted to be at the top the the top of the field of what I chose. And I just didn't feel that I, there were so many brilliant people around me that I, I left the pre-med world. And as soon as I started taking courses in um, communicative disorders, I had not been familiar with speech therapy before, but when I um, was in school, I just loved it because I always loved the brain and language and learning and teaching and kids and adults and stroke. And it, it all came together for me. So I thought it was the perfect profession. And I started out working in hospitals um, in rehab centers uh, in Northern Virginia at Fairfax Hospital on a rehab unit is my original experience. I, I know where that is, actually. <clears throat> we, li- we used to live in Falls Church, so ah, I know exactly okay. where it is. Okay. Um, and then and then I was there for a while and got married and had kids, moved to Ohio. I lived in Cleveland. Um, and, you know, I'm originally from Buffalo, so I'm sort right. of a Midwest. You're kind of close. Right. Yeah, it's not so far. Um, we ended up moving uh, back to the Washington, D.C. area. And I started having kids. And as my I have four kids right now. They're about 23 to 30. And as they were getting older... And I was working in hospitals and rehab and home care. I saw a real need to um, work with, I was working with adults exclusively. And then I started working with kids because my friend's parents started asking me to work with their children because the the needs weren't being met in the school. Um, And then, and I was just very much into technology. I loved everything to do with technology. But back then, I mean, we're talking, I I got my master's in 86. And when I formed my practice, it was 30 years ago. I feel so old. And, (laughs) you know, the iPad wasn't even out yet, but there was some software, Mm -hmm. expensive software, and there were no touch screens. I just spent hundreds of dollars to get a touch screen. And um, eventually, I ended up creating my own business because I really wanted to be able to use technology and the places that I worked, I did some PRN work at different hospitals. They wouldn't let me use my technology because Mm. the other speech pathologists didn't. And (laughs) I had to do what everybody else was doing, even though I offered to train everybody and to show them the value of apps. And I mean, at that Mm. point it wasn't even apps. It was just software. Right. Um, Right. But I, but I've been into tech for a long time. So, so where did that seed start though? I mean, um, it just, just naturally drawn because you go from med school to speech pathology and then that whole technology aspect of it comes in. You know, I I think that I had a couple of clients. I I got very close to my clients and I think that um, I worked a lot with aphasia Mm -hmm. and language and my kids were young at that point. And I was, um, I remember software like Bailey's book house and Sammy science house, you know, some of the software way back at the beginning and some of the English as a second language. And when my, when I had, you know, I had four kids, they were all about two years apart. My third and fourth grew up with this software on computers 
Because I had to do something with them when I was helping the other, the older two <laughs> with their homework. Right. right. And, and I really, it was all language. And so I mm-hmm. I talked to my stroke survivors and I said, you know, there's really amazing software out there to teach English as a second language mm-hmm. and to teach children mm-hmm. language. And I didn't ever want to treat them as children, but they saw the value of some of that software. I would never use that now. Now we have great apps. But um, the the value of being able to fine tune their practice and let them practice for hours a day with the instant feedback and it's non-judgmental. And I mean, it was so great. Um, I, I think technology is just one of those. I've always loved gadgets and figuring things out. Um, like I, yeah. you know, I'm not someone who loves clothing and shopping and shoes and all that. I love tech, like any mm-hmm. device I get my hands on, I look at all the accessibility features and <laughs> think, what can it do? How can it help people with visual problems or cognitive problems, mm-hmm. hearing problems? So it's, it's sort of my hobby. It's, right. it's part of my identity. <laughs> like who I am. It's funny. It's weird. <laughs> it's so immersed in what I do every day. And so do you find yourself because, you know, there's there's this certain ageism that's out there that, you know, the older you are. That comes better if you ask that question than if I ask that question. (laughs) True, true. Uh, She's saying I'm old, so I get it. Um, So um, there's but, you know, the idea that older people can't learn technology and use technology versus the young you know, in the opposite way that we think they all love technology and they're so used to using technology. But, uh, you know, I've had grad students. I mean, this week I had to show them how to use, you know, Google Forms on something and they had no idea, you know, and then uh, connecting an old um, thumb drive to their computer and they had they had a USB-C. And I said, well, I have a little adapter that goes on the end of the thumb drive that you can just use that and goes in your, what, what <laughs> they make those, you know, so you, right here, exactly, right <laughs> here. Yep. So it was like, you know, you, you would think they would just know about this stuff because they, yeah. you know, they're all, but what I find is that they're not learning the technology per se. They're learning at a surface level just to use the apps or to use yeah. the the right. play a video game or something like that. Oh, I, 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 I couldn't have read a whole book on this question. It's interesting. <laughs> Next, when so I'm I'm really into working with students, and I'm also really into helping older adults. And and this mm-hmm. coming Wednesday, I have a free webinar on technology for seniors because I'm starting an elder tech advisor yeah. group because everyone has written off seniors as not being mm-hmm. able to learn technology, not being interested in it. And I used to want to speak to groups about seniors and technology. And they're like, why, why bother? Like they're not interested yeah. to find how they are. Right. But I think that with the pandemic, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it became so clear that seniors need technology and can benefit from technology. My parents mm-hmm. love technology. They're 90 and 88. You know, my mm-hmm. dad was, to the Echo Show. I mean, he uses sure. it all the time with Alexa and the commands. When he was in the hospital mm-hmm. with COVID, he that was the one thing he wanted more than anything. And mm-hmm. I think that 
Um, seniors need to know about the accessibility features, this speech to text and text to speech and how to change the view. And I mean, I could go, uh, that's my next book is Elder Tech, because I think that that's even at ATIA, the Assistive Technology Industry Association, the conference, was there was hardly anything on Elder Tech. It's all about in the schools. Right. Um, so I think that there's a need for that. And when people think of speech pathologists and technology, they think AAC. They think that that's right. all. That's right. Um, in terms of the kids, I also work a lot with high school students and college students that might have ADHD, dysgraphia, reading problems, writing problems, mm -hmm. um, executive functioning challenges. And they can look like they're really good with tech because they're mm -hmm. busy on, on their computers and <laughs> doing a whole bunch of stuff. But mm -hmm. then um, with telepractice, because everything I do now is online, and when I have them share mm -hmm. their screen and show me their Google Drive... <laughs> You know, you see who's organized and who's not. And right. I'll ask them, do you know how to speak into your computer and have, you know, have the words come out? And vo the voice typing tool is free and included in Google Docs. And a lot mm -hmm. of students aren't aware because they haven't had to be aware of that. Yeah. Um, and two of my own kids are um, computer science <laughs> You know, student, like they've gone through college, they majored mm -hmm. in computer science, and I always try to stay a step ahead of them. <laughs> you know, like, challenge, you know, personal like, challenge. You, know, you could do this. <laughs> and sometimes they show me things I don't know, but they don't know the accessibility features because mm -hmm. they yeah. haven't gone to know it. Right. There hadn't so, been a need for that. So. Yeah. Like knowing, knowing a lot about one thing doesn't always mean you know a lot about the other. Right. With the right. technology and the assistive part of it. Right, right. So yeah. I, I think there's a lot of ageism out there. I think a lot of people, um, you know, seniors, you have to teach older adults in a different way. You know, you have mm -hmm. to make sure that they're interested in learning, that they see the reason behind it, that you try right. to simplify things step by step, give lots of opportunities for practice and give support when things go wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, um, troubleshooting tips, you know, restart the computer. Today, my mom couldn't get into her bank account because it wasn't accepting her password. And I went over there and the all caps lock was on and it never occurred to her to to look at that. You know, like mm -hmm. it, things can go wrong and then you just get so frustrated and give up and then people think, oh, forget it. Yeah. Right. Well, my my dad, not to throw him under the bus, but the first time that I told him to click on that when I was showing him the computer when I was like a teenager, he said, with what? So, <laughs> and now now he's pretty efficient with the with the iPad. He always like he owned a company, always had his secretary print out emails for him. So he had a hard copy and that's how he would email but um, he's pretty good with the iPad. But even the other day, he, the kids, the grand, all the grandkids had been playing on it and they had gotten into Roblox and it looked like a search engine to him. So he's in the search engine trying to figure out how to fix his washing machine. <laughs> and he like comes over and is like, what the heck is this doing? Cause he was searching in Roblox how to fix a washing machine and it wasn't working very well. But. I think it's the same thing once he had a purpose for using it, you know, doing things like being able to look stuff up or he's bought a boat now off of his iPad and all kinds of things. I think that really is the motivator for them. Right. And with seniors, I think the key is to really make sure that you're meeting their needs and doing what's interesting to them. Looking, you know, at pictures of grandchildren and great grandchildren right. or how to do a mm -hmm. video call, you know, right. a lot of um Helping because so many are isolated, you know, how to engage. And if, if there are people there that can't use a smartphone or can't use a computer, 
The Echo Show has a drop-in feature where you can just, you know, set it up and give permissions and then, you know, drop in. Or there's a mm-hmm. grand pad that you can, um, it's a tablet and it's based on an Android tablet, but it has a better touch interface with for seniors. And it's just a simplified, you know, they can make video calls, audio calls, email, play some games. There, there are a few sociavi. There, there are a few. It's, it's becoming um, a, um, un, everyone knows it's an untapped market. So there are all these right. um, new products coming out for seniors. And with the boomers being the largest uh, older generation hitting, you know, in that age bracket now, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who need it. So you're mm-hmm. right. It's a, it's just a sort of a, a big unmet need that is for regular seniors. And then you have seniors mm-hmm. that have challenges, right? Visual right. problems, hearing problems. So now, you know, with my parents, they have TV can go straight into their hearing aids. Their phone goes mm-hmm. straight into their hearing aids. I mean, they're amazing. It's amazing. You know, so when we're all trying to talk with, you know, or see the grandchildren, or we're all in different parts of the country, you can do FaceTime with multiple people at the same time, even mm-hmm. with an Android phone. And you can have cap, you can see captions going. I mean, you can, you can really customize these things and then they can actually um, participate because the sound is going into, I uh, just into their ears, but I have to make sure they're in separate rooms or else you get right. interference. <laughs> right. Right. It's, it is amazing now uh, in terms of the accessibility that's there. And mm-hmm. it's just, you know, showing them how to, like you're saying, showing them how to use it, letting them know what is possible. Um, and it's it is amazing, and I and the, I agree. The it's, problem it's, is a lot of OTs and speech pathologists aren't aware of the accessibility right. features, and they're not right. aware of the different apps that can be used. So I really don't even provide individual speech therapy anymore. I've I've changed my practice, and I call myself now um, an online tech advisor and coach, and and because then I'm not limited by my license. I'm not mm-hmm. providing speech therapy. I'm I'm helping people learn about technologies that can help them overcome barriers. And it works in conjunction with the people providing speech therapy and OT. And a lot of times what I do is if I'm not interfacing with the patient, a lot of times now I'm behind the scenes helping to prop up the speech pathologist, the OT, mm-hmm. the program director, activities director, so that they can teach computer classes or they can help set up the accessibility features because they need to know and families are expecting them to know now and people are overwhelmed and struggling. Sure. So in terms of your practice now, how do you do like like a, you know, technology inventory at the beginning or test sort of where they are in terms of their knowledge or how does that work? Usually I ask, um, right, because as a speech pathologist, I always did a formal evaluation and set goals mm-hmm. and wrote long reports. And, sure. <laughs> and and as an assistive technology specialist, I did the same thing. I had a whole protocol mm-hmm. and formalities. Mm-hmm. I, since COVID, I've really gotten away from a lot of that because I feel sure. that people just really can't afford to pay thousands of dollars, which is sure. what I would charge for a whole big assistive technology workup. So now what I do is I start with a free 15 minute call. And in that call, I a phone call, I get a sense of what they're looking for, what their obstacles are, what they've heard about, um, you know, what devices they have, and like what's missing in their life. You right. know, anybody like either if I'm working with a senior or if I'm working with a speech pathologist or OT that wants to bring tech into her practice or his practice, mm-hmm. or if I'm working with a student, 
I usually talk to the parents first. And then and then I my minimum is just two sessions and I I call them brainstorming sessions. And so I say, okay, let let me see what's going on now and let me show you some possibilities. And so if it, you know, if it's ADHD, I show them how to minimize distractions on their tech. If it's um dyslexia or a reading problem, you know, maybe changing the font or the size of the font and showing them on their computer or in apps or online how to have things read out loud. Um, and then let them make customize it. And I can actually um, go into their computer and set it up if they want me to, or I share my screen and I'll say, click this, click this, you know, um, or a document camera or I share my iPad or iPhone and, you know, so I, I, I've gotten less formal, but people really like it. And then I follow up with an, an email of next steps and and links to videos to watch. And I let them record our session if they want it so that they can review it. Um, so it's just very practical. So well, it's a lot of fun. In two sessions, I feel like I can make a big impact. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I think that's, it sounds like a great model. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, yeah. and so I, you know, me, I'm, my, my day job um, is professor at University of Akron here in Northeast Ohio, where you used to be. Um, so, um, one of the ideas, you know, you mentioned earlier is, is how can we get, uh, training programs mm-hmm. and, and the average SLP to think of technology more than just AAC, that mm-hmm. there's just a range of technology out there, like you're saying, that we could potentially be recommending that would benefit our patients, mm-hmm. but we're so stuck in this mindset and, and we have to train students with this limited mindset because of competency and hours and all that stuff when they have to get in grad school, but we need to break through that. And it's even telepractice being a part of that too, you know, and right. doing yeah. more with how to use technology to deliver services. Right. Um, so any thoughts on that as, as, uh, as a, as a professor, you know, s- still wrestling with all this and trying to convince my, my colleagues, how important all this is. Well, I, I think that, um, I mean, and, and I'm near GW University of Maryland and Loyola, and there are a bunch of programs in my area. And, and I've been invited to give um, presentations when people are at the end, you know, one or two hour presentation just to open, to expose them to, you know, expand their horizons with technology. But I think thinking about technology throughout the curriculum, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be a standalone course, although it's great to have a standalone course, but um, just to make sure that in every every area, whether it be voice or um, language, you know, adult language or pediatric language, I don't even know the names of the, all the courses anymore mm-hmm. people are taking mm-hmm. or, you know, augmentative communication. But I think that I always talk to families about two pathways to go with technology. One is all of the apps that can extend um, the learning and the practice that we're not as speech pathologists just going to sit there and watch somebody do these apps and practice, but we can figure out which tools are best and customize them for people to practice without us so that they can make, Mm -hmm. you know, change between sessions. And then so it's the drill and practice and and um, skill development. And then the other avenue is uh, the assistive technology aspect. While we're trying to improve the skills, let's compensate for them and take advantage of the strengths that people have 
you know, if reading is hard and auditory comprehension is better, then, you know, w- w- listening is good. You know, just it, it should be part of, of the everyday uh, of all the classes, I think. But it is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so that's why my whole business now really is helping people behind the scenes, teaching the mm-hmm. therapists, the OTs, the speech pathologists, the assistive um, tech coordinators, you know, all, all of this stuff now. I mean, now there's even T. I mean, there's so much. It just keeps it, it, the change. The rate of change is increasing. So, mm-hmm. you know, all these smart assistants. I mean, there's so much out there. Um, but I think that it, it it needs. I think families expect practitioners to use technology now and mm-hmm. it, workbooks aren't enough. You know, writing right. workbooks, you don't get that instant feedback unless you have a parent or a child interacting one-on-one in real time with somebody um, to facilitate, you know, the learning. I mean, apps are the way to go. I agree. Um, so do you have any favorite apps or technologies that you've used with either adults or children? Uh, for the drill and practice type you're talking about? Yeah. Or, yeah. Or just like, a you know, assistive wise or, I mean, when I start in terms of assistive, when I start with everybody, kids and adults, I want to make sure that everybody knows about the accessibility features on all their devices. Yeah. Like being able to have text read aloud and being able to talk and have the text written out or talk and have an audio file created is available on every phone, every tablet, every computer for free. Mm -hmm. So everybody should know how to do that because it, it's just another tool in the toolbox. You can choose when you use those things. Um, so I, I think that uh, I make sure that everybody knows that. And I also make sure that everybody uses digital calendars and Google docs. Usually the schools, usually I use Google. Sometimes I'll use Microsoft if I'm working with adults and they're more in the business world, but mm-hmm. um, Google Drive, Google Docs, and that they understand how to be organized and efficient and have better executive functioning. Because if you have a language problem right. or a cognitive problem, it's going to help everybody. It's just best practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I I would always try to somehow embed that in all of my sessions. And then when it comes to drill and practice, um, it really depends on the person. I mean, right now I have a couple of families I'm working with where um, they have speech pathologists and they have occupational therapists, but people aren't really using tech and and aren't that comfortable with tech. And so it's nice because I'm just adding, I'm sort of supplementing what they're doing and they appreciate it because I don't want these families as, I don't want to be the primary speech pathologist because then I can't help as many people with tech. <laughs> so right. I like just doing three to five sessions with a family and then maybe they'll come back. But I have a few adults, young adults who are nonverbal with autism and OCD, and it's pretty challenging. And we're mm-hmm. using uh, Lamp Words for Life um, along with some apps. And we're actually having some great success. Good. And, or I like the Tactus Therapy apps. I like Constant Therapy. Um, there, there are just a lot of them. Yeah, I have books filled with them. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> it just really depends on on the situation. Yeah, yeah. I liked how you talked about um just 
the things that are already out there that what we don't think of as therapy tools, I think, mm-hmm. like Google Docs. I had a student today that was mm-hmm. we're working on presentations and him giving presentations. And he's like, I haven't even started my presentation that's due tomorrow. And I was like, well, you just tell me what you think you want to say and I'll type it into a Google Doc for you. Like while you're saying it and then you'll have an outline started and he's like, oh, no, that sounds like it would take too much time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, it won't. (laughs) So and just that the more that I've started to do that of like just getting into a Google Doc and then typing the things working on, you know, I've had students create like vocabulary journals for themselves and shared that doc back and forth. So they're adding things not just when they're in my session and I found that really powerful, especially with that like middle school to high school level student. And then sometimes they're different extensions, like the read and write for Google. Yeah. Extension is fantastic. And and some of the key features like this the text to speech is free forever. So um, you know, sometimes it's tricky with kids in the schools and you can't add extensions to their school account, you know, and so you have to work through that. But there are a lot of really great extensions. Um now they're now it's called the Google Workplace Store. I would mm-hmm. it's, it's not the Google Chrome Store anymore. I just today I was you know putting an extension working with somebody and I saw oh it changed. And the um there used to be add-ons for Google Slides. Now that that's gone and it's all in the Google Workspace Store. Um so it's constantly changing. And, and another yeah. thing that I, I work with, especially with older adults, is um, I talk about the language of technology. Mm-hmm. And I say, you can't memorize necessarily step by step what to do. It's hard to write that out because things change constantly. There are all these updates. So it's more important to learn the language and the symbols, you know, if, you know, up the symbol for upload or the symbol for download or the Mm -hmm. little gear icon is where settings would be, or look for a microphone or, you know, the three dots would be more or, you know, additional options. And so, you know, I'll say it's easiest often to look on a computer because you can see more things, but, and if you're on a tablet or a phone, a lot of these menus are hidden. And so you have to look for those three dots and click on them. Um, And just sort of understanding this language of tech, because I can look at something and figure it out really fast if I've never seen it before. And it sort of bewilders people. How how do you know that? And I said, well, I just know the symbols. So I'm I'm creating after this free webinar I'm doing on March 1st, which everyone listening is welcome to Mm -hmm. sign up for. um, I'm I'm launching the third round of this elder tech advisor and teacher cohort. 75 people have been through it. So I'm trying to, to um, empower people to learn to help seniors because there are a lot of people that would like to volunteer or they're getting ready to retire as speech pathologists or OTs, or they're sort of burnt out and they're looking for meaning and something different and seniors need help badly. And it's hard to find people who understand how to teach adults um, even if they don't know tech, it's easier to teach somebody the tech than to teach somebody how to teach adults, I think, um, because you have to break down tasks into smaller components and be patient and use our positive reinforcement, <laughs> repetition. And, you know, I mean, everybody needs that. Um, but sometimes the IT developers and places that you might think to call for for tech support don't know how to relate to older adults and teach them. Like they're not, it's hard to know where to go. 
Right. And there are programs like Get Set Up and Senior Planet. I mean, there are a whole bunch of them, but they're online. And, and there are like Senior Planet, you can call a tech hotline. There are a lot of resources and I and I mm-hmm. praise those resources, but they, they have trouble finding people to staff their right. programs. And so, and they're not, those programs aren't necessarily well-versed in all the accessibility features and all the different resources. So I'm my idea is to try to have people you know, cost money, but join this program as a five-week program. And we have live Zoom sessions and I have all this content and videos to watch. And then we discuss it and brainstorm. And hopefully people then can go into senior um, communities and assisted living and senior centers and teach classes in person. I like this idea. I I live in like the retirement capital of Utah. (laughs) (laughs) Literally. Down in St. George. Where it's it's warm. And I'm like, oh, I think I just found my summer job. There you go. (laughs) Where do people go for help? I mean, you're lucky if you have a kid or something or a neighbor that can help, but it's it's hard to know where to go to find someone you can trust that's not going to swindle you out of something. You don't want to call a number if you don't know who you're calling. And it's hard. And there's, you know, and and then we have to keep people safe too. There are a lot of scams and everything. So I try to sort of merge that into my courses too, like how yeah. to how to warn people of all ages. I mean, it's not yep. just seniors, it's everybody. How to not click on the link when Amazon isn't even spelled right. That was yeah. one that my mom sent us the other day. Is this a scam? Yeah. Yeah, my car insurance keeps running out every month. Uh, <laughs> I get a call ready to sign up again. Um, so... We think about elders, and I know that's something you're you're focused on right now. But I just want to get you know your thoughts on and sort of the other end of uh, the life uh, spectrum, so to speak, uh, the the young children okay. and families. But more more specifically, you know, the thing that I'm noticing, I, I'm uh, at Akron Children's Hospital working with their cochlear implant team quite often, uh, three days a week. So we're doing telepractice there, but you know, the the majority, I would say the m- most of my clients, my patients I'm working with are families that are white and middle class. Mm-hmm. And these are the people who know about services in the community. They may have a, you know, a tablet or, or laptop and they mm-hmm. can, you know, they're, they have the accessibility. But, you know, it's always bothered me that we we can't seem to break through and reach more diverse families yeah. and connect them with technology and and show them what it could be and what it can do any any thoughts on that i mean i mean I there are the there are programs i mean i think now in the schools there is much more one to one technology so more of the students have computers and have internet access and i know that there are programs trying to get internet access mm-hmm. everywhere i can't really i don't have those handy but i know sure. for older and younger and you know um less financially well off families i think that there are a lot of free resources um that are available Right, but how to how to get to people that can really benefit the most? I mean, that's a that's a big challenge. I mean, one program I love is Khan Academy Kids. Yeah, right. Where, yeah. I mean, I Quite think that's right. a fantastic program, and that's free. And mm-hmm. it, I, I really like all all the content there. Um, yeah. 
Now, I don't have a magic solution for that. <laughs> well, yeah, and I didn't expect you to. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a big, big problem that I know that a lot of people are thinking about and trying to figure out. And even through COVID, I, there was a, you know, I, I thought this was very innovative, but uh, one of the school districts decided to sort of refit um, their school buses with Wi-Fi. And they wow. went and parked the school buses wow. in these neighborhoods and kids could connect that's fantastic. You know, through I mean, uh, I always feel bad, you know, because I charge for my services and I'm I'm a therapist first more than a business person. So I've always, you know, you feel bad, you feel bad not being able to serve everybody and I've done a lot of pro bono everything. Sure. You know, I do so much for free, all kinds of presentations. I'm stopping, I'm trying to stop it now because mm-hmm. it sort of takes over your whole practice. But I do offer free 15-minute calls to anybody anywhere, and I probably average about three or four a day. And it, uh-huh. So I do a lot of these with people all over the world, actually, and it's it's really fun because I help people figure out their next step to look into. Um, mm-hmm. you know, so that's all ages, all abilities, whether or not they can afford you know, to hire me to help them. And um, they just go to my website, innovativespeech.com, and there's a pop-up that says, let's chat. And right. every up to three days in advance, it automatically populates times that I'm free with my calendar. Um, and I also have been doing free webinars for uh, mm-hmm. maybe five years. They may not know.com is, is the website. And that's how you find out about this one on Wednesday, all different topics. So I do a lot for free. Um but I don't, it's, it's, it is hard to reach people. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know a magic answer. Yeah. Yeah, And I think there's also, yeah, there's also, I've seen some problems of like the whole can't, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Mm. Like there's families that we tell them about all of the like grants and programs and, you know, you can get the same iPad that we've been using at school. You can get it for home. So you can keep using these programs that we've used and, Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we just I mean, wait and wait and it doesn't happen. Really engaging with the kids and then they tell their parents. Right, um, right. Mm-hmm. And that's what with one of them that was, I started saying like, you know, I know that you always tell the parent to the aide. I was saying, I know you always tell the parent about how their day went when you get to the end of the day. What if we programmed some things in there so she could tell them how her day went at the end of the day? And that that was an opportunity that they saw her use the device. And we're like, oh, she is using it. Maybe mm-hmm. we should get on this, you know, and it, but also you talked about the technology. Sometimes like you might have to watch someone through how to get on that website, what information to fill out, what they're going to need to know before they fill that out and making sure that that's not what the barrier is too. Right. And exactly. You know, with telepractice too, sometimes it can be tricky because yeah. you don't always see when you share a screen, mm-hmm. you don't always see everything, you know? Right. So I've right. really gotten into the habit sometimes of having a second device looking toward the computer like if if they could have a mm-hmm. phone or a tablet you know sh- joining zoom or google meet or w- whatever's being used mm-hmm. and sh- you know either showing somebody on the kid on the floor playing like you don't always have to be sitting up at the computer to do telepractice you probably had right. a bunch of presentations yeah. on this or, or, and sometimes if somebody's sharing their screen you don't necessarily see everything you need to see right but mm-hmm. sometimes the second camera comes in really handy like if your student is playing tetris while he was <laughs> in a session with you and you don't find it out until after <laughs> yeah 
Oh, high schoolers. <laughs> yep. Sometimes they know too much about technology. <laughs> I really think that using technology can re-energize think, a lot yeah. of allied health professionals mm-hmm. and a lot of families because it just, it can really speed up progress and it can be so engaging. Um, and I know that screen time gets a really bad rap, but it's all about how you're using the screen. Right. You know, and... Yep. um and there are a lot of benefits. Mm-hmm. Yes. Kim and I have had this conversation in, in that they need to have digital literacy, which is what right. Kim always talks about. And, uh, and you know, when, when I was growing up, it, you know, we used to say, you know, you always hear that don't let kids just watch TV all the time. Don't let the TV right. be the babysitter. Right. And so the same thing's here. Don't let the screen be the babysitter. Right. If you're interactive on the screen, that's fine. Right. And, and, and that, you can use guided access and you can, if you're on an iPad or something, and lock lock yeah, somebody yep. into a particular app. I taught, I taught an aide how to use that. Mm-hmm. Then it broke and wouldn't let them get out of the app. And you and can I don't set know a timer what happened so they that. can do things for a certain amount yes. of time and yep. that's what it shuts off. Right. Yeah, there are a lot of little tricks to the trade. Yeah. Exactly. So I did want to mention, uh, you also have a book, The Assistive Technology in Special Education. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that's Correct. available on your website, right? Um, there's a link on my website. I think it's mostly sold on Amazon. Um, okay. Yeah, so I, I have that here. So, so my first book was just for clinicians. I've had four books. This one was back in, I think, 2010 was my first book. And then wow. about every three years, I wrote another edition of this assistive technology. So there are three of these. But the last one is still for sale. It, it, it was published in 2018 and I tried to write it so that it wouldn't get outdated too fast, but there, you know, it doesn't have too much about artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. You know, there are new things that are coming up, but still a lot of people are buying that book. Um, so is um, that geared for speech language pathologists or whole special education really, teams? Um, it's, it's really for OT speech parents Entire teams. Yeah, it just goes through. There's a chapter on reading, a chapter on writing. A cha- it's it's real practical. It talks about strategies and um, lots of different apps and features. Um, great. I think that'd be a great tool for someone that when you're doing teletherapy and you're not physically there to get everyone on board and knowing the same thing you know and you have limited it time. Too much about actual telepractice. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I just so like the people on the other side of the screen know the same things that I do because right. if I've got a kid in front of me that has, then I have limited time to like get the kid to do something and impart the knowledge to the whole team that's there too. Right. right. And then if people are looking to become Google savvy, I think being Google savvy really is very important. And a lot of adults don't know Google at all. Like they don't know Google Docs. And I think that it's a way to simplify things from the Microsoft world. Microsoft is fantastic. And I think it's gotten better and better with immersive reader and a lot of features that can be extremely helpful. But it also, um, I think using Google tools is a little simpler. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of parents want to help kids and they're in the Microsoft world, the parents, and the kids are in the Google world, and they don't know how to help them. <laughs> so I have a whole right. course on Google. Um, right. it, it's all on my website um, that I worked really hard on, his digital downloads and videos and all kinds of things. That's great. Um, awesome. Well, Joan, thank you for joining us on the podcast. And, and how can everyone reach out? What's your website? 
My website is innovativespeech.com. So I-N-N-O-V-A-T-I-V-E-S-P-E-E-C-H.com. And I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and Twitter. I'm mostly on LinkedIn and Facebook. I try to be on Instagram and Twitter, but it's hard to do it all. (laughs) Um, I I know. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, and the they if you go to theymaynotknow.com, that's how you find out about my free websites because a lot of people come to me and I work with them and show them things and they say, why didn't anyone show me this before? And I say, well, <laughs> they may not know. <laughs> so I that's thought right. that would be good for a site. Um, oh, that reminds me of a whole other section of tech is taking sure. notes. Yeah. To, uh, you know, live transcriptions, Chrome has live transcribe. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have special pens, the Echo 2 pen that you can record audio as you write and and sync it so you touch the paper and hear it or there's glean which is great for college students that records audio there are all these note-taking apps that are phenomenally great um for people with hearing impairment hearing impairments auditory processing impairments adhd yeah or none of the above <laughs> so just, there's just, just a whole world out there of, of tech for people that have specific challenges mm-hmm. or not just people who want to improve their productivity and efficiencies. Right. It's, so, it's a, it's a never ending list of things. It is. It is. And I like it. I, it's, to me, it's just, it's fun and enjoyable to figure all of this out, but I know to a lot of people it's frustrating and overwhelming. I'm happy to help. And I will really, I free 15 minute consults with anybody, no strings attached. And um, then if people decide they want some help, it's a minimum of two sessions. It's $600 for those two sessions and follow-up email. And then after that, people just pick 30, 60 or 90 minute follow-up sessions as needed. Awesome. I think that's a great model. Yeah, well, good luck and, and do come back and, and give us an update on new technology in, in another six months or so. How's great, that sound? Great. I really appreciate you having me on and uh, we'll stay in touch. Yeah, thanks. Thank you. Well, that was Joan Green. Joan, thank you for joining us on the podcast. And I encourage all of our listeners to go over to Innovative Speech Therapy and take a look at what she's doing. And feel free to visit the theymaynotknow.com website where she has some of her webinars already there. So check out what Joan has to offer. I think you will be very, very impressed. And thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast. If you have a webinar you would like to do, or maybe a longer course, or maybe a blog, or maybe even another podcast. You want to develop your own podcast on a topic that you feel passionate about. If any of those things describes you, reach out to me, Todd, T-O-D-D, at 3C, the number 3, the letter C, 3C Digital Media Network.com. And we will chat. We'll set up a time to chat and see what your ideas are, because we are a one-stop shop for helping allied health professionals and speech-language pathologists and audiologists, all of those, just like you, come up with some content that you want to share with the world. So if that describes you, you have some ideas, reach out to me. We'll set up a time to chat. And... Who knows? You may be hosting your own podcast or 
uploading a few webinars for us to distribute for you. So please reach out. And with that, we'll be back again next week with another exciting episode for telepractice today. So until then, be safe and be kind. This has been a production of the 3C Digital Media Network. Thank you.